0: What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast Season Two,
1: Episode Twenty Three. Want to talk to them about what we're going to discuss today? Oh, yes, sir. Please join us for a riveting conversation about success and failure, about uh, leadership, and about being intentional. Intentionality.
0: Yes, Lord. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Serendipity with Inky Johnson across all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Be sure to like. Share, comment, subscribe. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace. What's going on, good people? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast Season 2, Episode 23. I'm Ink. I'm Oak. What's happening? Man, yeah, we on 23. Yo, guy. What'd you call him? Mikey? Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Is that it?
1: Ah, uh, the one I don't talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hear you. one I don't
1: talk about. I you hear know, you. When you get to a certain status, you know, sometimes we don't. Like, what's God's first name? (laughs) Right? We don't know. We just say God, right? So I just kind of, that's the cat I don't talk about. Yo, no. Yeah. So, how you doing, man? Man, I'm hell with them well, boss. I got a pocket full of of penicillin. Pocket Pocket full of of penicillin today. (laughs) So, you know know what it is. I got you.
0: I got you, man. I'm going to start us off with one.
1: No, hold on, man. How you doing? We all, you always trying to I'm jump solid, into it, man. I'm man. solid, man. I'm solid, man. The need to know D. Inky Johnson from hey, time to time. I'm man.
0: solid as a rock on the side of Stone Mountain. Yes, man. sir. All I'm right. good. Okay. I'm good, okay. I don't want to gloss over that, man. No doubt. But it, it reads, man, I don't fear failure. I fear succeeding at something that doesn't matter. Man. I don't fear failure. I fear succeeding at something that doesn't matter.
1: My mind goes to... The third verse of lift Their voice and sing. Yeah. God of our weary years, God of our silent years, thou hast brought us thus far on the way. Thou who has by thy might let us into the light. Keep us forever in the path, we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee. And this is it right here. Lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Mm-hmm. Meaning. When you and when all of us accomplish something that doesn't really mean anything, we get drunk with the wine of the world. Yeah, that thing that is not of substance, yeah. right? But we we begin to chase it and we begin to glorify glorify it, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and it doesn't really mean anything. It's just it's just satisfying in the moment. Yeah, you become drunk with the wine of the world, as opposed to I put my heart in this, I fought for it. I prepared for it. I gave my all to it. I put everything, every fiber of me, into it. Yeah. And I and I didn't get it. Yeah. That fulfillment of that is greater than the the feeling of euphoria, momentary euphoria, mm-hmm. of capturing something that's not going to mean anything tomorrow. Yeah. Which goes back to that process that I went through. I gathered and gained and understood more of myself than anything that I would have gained that I did gain for from accomplishing something that had uh really no interior or bigger than myself value yeah right anything bigger than just uh, monetary or superficial or materialistic value right okay. that's that's what it what I think about when um when you read the quote.
0: You know, when I when I read it, it says, I don't fear failure. I fear succeeding at something that doesn't matter. It takes my mind to the space and place of, when it says not all adversity and opposition comes to disrupt. Some come to clear your path. Mm-hmm. And I think the beautiful thing about when you don't accomplish, right? Because there's a lot to be said about when we accomplish. People, Man, when you accomplish this, you put in the work, it's going to be great. This will produce that. But I think sometimes the beauty of when you don't accomplish or when things don't go your way, sometimes it shows you the less significant part of the journey and what you were chasing when you don't get it. Talk to me, Right? I tell people all the time, man, how often do you thank God for the things that didn't work out? Mm,
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, for the things that you didn't get. How yeah. often do you thank God that you didn't mm-hmm. get in that relationship? Right. How often right. do you thank God that you didn't get that deal? Yeah. How often that you thank God that you didn't get that house, right? Yeah. You might would have been house poor. How often do you thank God you didn't get that car, mm-hmm. right? Like things that you think matter in the moment and then 5, 10, 15 years down the line you look back and you like, man, I don't, that wasn't that deep at all. No. Right? Like I don't fear failure, I fear succeeding at something that doesn't matter. Placing significance and importance on certain things, then you get to a certain space and place in your life. It's like the story about the young man and the father that was grinding, Mm -hmm. working, probably great purpose, doing his thing. Coming home every single day, son asking him how much you make an hour. Pop's popping off like, "What what you asking me how much money I make, right? Son, how much you make an hour? All right, man, I make $50 an hour. Son, all right, cool. Next day, pop's come home. Hey, dad, I can get a couple dollars. Dad gives him the dollars, son going to his room, counting up. Pops come in, what you doing? He's seeing with more money. Yeah. Pops hot. Bro, you asking me for my money? I'm working mm-hmm. for money. So I'm like, man, I was just trying to get $50. $50. I was just trying to buy an hour of your 10. time. You know what I'm saying? And Pops was probably working for the right reason mm-hmm. and probably valued it. But he got to a space and place to where he had to make a decision, right? What's more important, this gig or time with my son? Yeah. Right, and how do I balance that out? And so I think I think it's something to be said about editing your life, and always getting to a space and place to where you evaluate your decisions, your choices, and the things that you deem to be important. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm.
1: what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like what you you was just what you were just talking about. Uh, there was a situation, an opportunity that possibly before we started this Serendipity Joint Season Two, mm-hmm. right? Could that uh that could have came up for me professionally uh it didn't come through right yeah. and the thing is if it had come through then i wouldn't have have had the opportunity to do this yeah you know so the blessing for me is like this is you know really uh allowing me to walk in 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 my purpose and my joy and my gift and all of those things and uh I, I would not have had the opportunity to do it. So no the blessing was not getting it, not mm-hmm. getting that opportunity. You yeah. Know? So mm-hmm. as we move forward, yeah, I I'm definitely picking up what you're putting down in that sense.
0: No doubt, Yeah. yeah. You no. Know, okay. I was um, I was asking you the question about a certain book um before we started, but it made me think about something that I wanted to pick your brain on. Like, do you believe that life? send situations, circumstances and people our way to prepare us for things before they happen.
1: Yes, uh, the the caveat of that is in some particular way whether implicit or explicitly you've asked for it though. Mm-hmm. you've asked for something, okay and then the universal greed said yes. Okay. you you you're going to get what you ask for. Right. There are some prerequisites. Mm-hmm. And those things that happen to you if you will, those tests or however we want to call it, are the prerequisites. Yeah. So that it's really it's almost like uh God is saying, you say you want this? You sure? Okay, you sure? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you go through an adversity or something happens, you still want it? You still want it, no doubt, right? Yeah. All right. Then you get hit across the head for real for real. Now, this is what you said you wanted. (laughs) Is this what you want? You sure? Right. So, again, in fact, if you don't get those uh, situations, like if life does not send you those situations of adversity before you get the thing that you want, I would say, man, you might need to halt. Mm. You might need to pause. Yeah. Because, and I'm just speaking from personal experience, I've had situations where I said I wanted it, I worked for it, I wrote it down, made it plain, mm-hmm. right? And guess what? I got it. Yeah. And it didn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't end well. I got a hey, couple chat, of got too. Right. When the cat
0: started shaking their head before they answer, right? Hey, you know what's coming there?
1: When the cat like, uh uh-uh. uh. Nah, bro. Yes, sir. It didn't end? Uh uh-uh. uh. Nah. And looking back on it, it it's like, man, it's almost like it was too easy. I asked for it and I got it. Mm. And is is it like you know, okay, you didn't you didn't really go through no adversity. Yeah, you did. You did. You were not tested. You didn't go through the fire. Mm. So it was. It also changes your perspective or it shapes your perspective on that thing that you say you want, whatever goal, whatever aspiration that you say you want. If you get it without going through the fire, it's almost like it's too easy. Then it's very it's it's very difficult to really value it. No doubt, it's difficult to to really give it uh, its its proper amount of of worth. Yeah, because like, oh man, I got this easy. Natural, your natural thought, your natural inclination is, oh okay, cool, I can get the next thing easy. Mm-hmm. So you, that's why I say when we we said earlier in one of the episodes, like invite the storm. Yeah embrace sure. it embrace yeah. it but but invite it like you got the opportunity to do something you know an opportunity comes your way and what i would suggest to a person who really walking down the road is before that opportunity for you really material that opportunity to materialize mm-hmm. ask for the challenges yeah ask for the pitfalls ask for the setbacks mm-hmm. because that's like it's, it's, it's really like, you know, you're preparing for the season. Yeah. Preparing for the season. You go to the weight room. You run. You get up early in the morning. You're asking for the grind. You're asking your body to endure on the front end what it's going to have to endure during the game. Mm-hmm. So you ask for the spiritual endurance. You ask for the mental and the emotional endurance and the working out, yeah. the tearing down the muscles and building that them back up. Help. Absolutely. Right? Ask for it. Yeah. That's good, man. Then when once you get it, you can appreciate it, and you can see it in its totality, and it really you can really own it then, mm-hmm. right? And you can be made better from it. Yeah, you
0: know. It's like, um, you know, like I often say to people, "It's not punishment; it's preparation." Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and it's one of these things. Like when you go throughout life, man, you see a lot of talented, a lot of skillful uh, people. Right. Like people skill sets out of this world. Right. You look at people sometimes their potential out of this world. Like cat got all type of potential, even with athletics. Sometimes they draft based upon one's potential. Mm-hmm. Like this cat's ceiling is crazy. Right. They look at a cat's potential. Right. And I feel like when you see talent, skill set, potential, like it has to be a period. It has to be a rites of passage that you have to go through in order to sustain mm-hmm. wherever it is that you're going. Right. And I firmly believe this, man, like people's future, people's goals, dreams and aspirations, like the things that God has destined for you is so great. Like where God is trying to take you is so great. It's so beautiful that the opposition and the adversity and the challenges and the uncertainty has to be even greater. Yep. Right. So you can encounter certain things to be able to sustain once you get to the top of the mountain, once you accomplish, once you get some of the things you ask for. You got to go through it. Right. You got to get double crossed by somebody that you thought love you. It's mm-hmm. just like the quote I saw, it, man, it was so real. It said that while you're in the process of trying to break generational curses, your family will talk shit about you. The same people that you're trying to break generational curses 54. for. Yes, sir. Right. While you're in the process of trying to break gener- generational curses for your family, the same people you trying to break generational curses for will be talking shit about you. Right. And so you got to go through the opposition and the challenges. That's the rites of passage. Right. You got to fail. That's the rites of passage. Right? Somebody got to come and say something crazy to you. That's the rites of passage. Somebody got to steal from you. That's the rites of passage. Somebody got to do something to you that you didn't expect. That's the rites of passage. Right? Somebody got to cross you out. That's the rites of passage. So when you accomplish and you get to the point to where, man, like it feels great. I did it. Right? Now you know how to handle everything that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Because if you get mm-hmm. it and you didn't work for it, if yep. you get it and nobody cross you and now they crossing you when you're at the top, you're not even going to want it. You're going to yep. try to give it back. You're going to feel like you don't deserve it. You're going to have imposter syndrome. Right? Why me? No, bro. You, you deserve
1: it. You, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, sis, you deserve it. You work for it. You went through pain to get there. Right? And so understand when you're in the midst of pain, it's not punishment, it's preparation. Because where you're going is so great. And so grand what God has destined for you is so beautiful that rites of passage has to happen so you can sustain it and not get
1: it and lose it. I don't want you to have it for a moment. They want you to have it forever. And and the other, I guess the other part of that is you ask for it. hmm You ask for this this position. You ask for this greatness. You ask for um you ask to be in that position. No doubt. Right. So as the old folks say, be careful what you ask for. You just might Might get it. it, Right. Mm -hmm. Get you just might get it. Is or are those things that you have to endure that are placed in your lap as you're getting to the top. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's really just, again, perspective mindset that when those things happen, it's not personal. Um, Right? It's not you, it's part of the process. It's not you. This is what it takes to become or to be sustainable once you get there. Yeah. Any and everybody can win a game. I can close my eyes and throw the ball up enough times and just go in the basket. No doubt. Right? So, you know, it rains in the dog's ass once. You can hop over, the cow can hop <laughs> over the moon backwards for what I'm concerned. Any and everything is possible and can happen. Yet, what can we sustain? Absolutely. What is sustainable? Building habits so that once you get there, that you can sustain being there. Mm That, again, in terms of generational wealth and changing generations, whatever, um, you have to create the habits, develop the habits, go through the fire, go through the storm, if you will, so that once you get there, it's it's so sustainable that you can't even mess it up if you try. Absolutely. And definitely no one else can mess it up. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, man, like,
0: I always think about preparation, right? Like, the importance of preparation and discipline, even in relaxed moments, Mm -hmm. right? And how preparation and discipline can save you from yourself, Yeah. right? Like, habits, like you speak about, routine, like all these things that if they're instilled correctly, they can save you from yourself sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like when you see a cat that becomes a victim of their own talent. So talented, but without preparation, without discipline and without routine, they become victims of their own talent. And so how important is it to to know the people that we work with, we serve with family every single day, knowing them before we start to challenge them? How important is knowing them first?
1: Uh, I think it is vitally important if you want to really get to a place of them uh, becoming their best self yeah. and for you to continue to be your best self right. because you, you not knowing them, meaning you don't put in the work to get to know a person. Mm-hmm. Then it's kind of the, the pushing and the pressing and you're saying, yeah, I'm trying to make you better. No, nah, you're not. you not. Right. You, sure. you, you're trying to comfort and, and soothe and increase and enlarge your own ego. ego. Right. Because we had, I had this discussion it made me think about, um, The notion of mentor, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? You challenging a person from a mentor, like the true definition of a mentor. I'm challenging you because you asked for this. I'm not challenging you because I think this is best for you. Mm -hmm. As a parent, a parent is going to challenge you because they think that's best for you. And rightfully so. That's the Mm -hmm. role of a parent, right? Yep. But a mentor, or the true definition of a mentor or an elder or a fundi, those folks who walking with you and pressing you for you to become your best self, for you to fulfill all of your dreams and aspirations. They're only doing it because you said you wanted it. Mm-hmm. It's not because they want it. It's their life work. My life work is a mentor. Right. Right. And I'm going to say this. My life work, my my spiritual work is as a mentor. My responsibility is a father. Yeah. I was given the responsibility of being a father, no doubt. right? Biological or even the folks who have come into my life that call that I, I'm pops to. right? No that's that's my that's my responsibility. My spiritual work, my assignment is mentor. Mm-hmm. So that always comes first. Always comes first. My 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 ability to see and interact with a person and get an understanding of what they say they want, mm-hmm. then I'm going to hold you accountable to what you said you want. Absolutely. So whenever you cuss me out, I don't care. Mm-hmm. When you get mad with me, I don't care. Yeah, Because this is not for me. Yeah. What's for me is doing the work of pressing you for what you said you wanted. For what's for me is my contract with God. No doubt. So you acting a monkey or you exceeding and succeeding. I don't care. Right. Like like our relationship, being real about it. Like you could be and are the most magnificent in the world. Guess what? I don't care. (laughs) You could be the most do nothing in the world. I don't care. No
0: doubt.
1: What I care about is me pressing you on what you said you wanted. Absolutely. How you respond to that is a you issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Me pressing you on it is a me issue. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I could give two rats' asses about that. <laughs> about how successful or non-successful you are. What I care about is when you say when you say to me, "I want to be great," mm-hmm. right? And then you come and I say, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do." You said you want to be great. This is what we're gonna do to be great. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm finna cuss your ass out. <laughs> Not because I'm mad at you, but because you're not holding an upstanding and upstanding and holding to what you said you wanted. No doubt. I no could doubt. care less for what you want. Yep. I care about you walking on what you say you want. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good.
1: You you know, whatever it is you want, the world is yours, brother. Yes, sir. The world is yours, sister. Go, go get it. Go get it. But when you walk outside of that, when you make decisions and build habits outside of what you said you wanted, yes, I'm cussing you. Mm-hmm. We finna fight in a minute if you keep <laughs> it up. All seriousness, hey. man. Because this is my life work. No doubt. My life work is to press a young Thundercat or a young lioness to be the best of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's my work. That's my contract with God. You ain't you ain't messing up my contract. So, that's uh, good. That's good. That's
0: good. I think um, I think just in terms of, like, knowing a person, when you challenge a person, like, you got to know them. You got to mm-hmm. show them the other side. You got to show them you care. You got to show them you love them. Because when you challenge them, like you said, you challenge them on something that they want, yep. right? If you want to be great, I'm going to challenge you to do that. And so one of the methods I use personally, I use this when I play ball at Tennessee. I use it now as a father, I use it with my team, like, I'm going to put you in a real uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. Like, I ain't going to give you comfort. I'm going to put you in a real uncomfortable situation, right? Real uncomfortable. If
1: I could sing, I'd start singing right now. I'm going to put you you in a
0: real uncomfortable situation. It's all real, right? Now, you ain't going to know I'm doing it intentionally,
1: Right. right? Because I want you to not think that I'm doing it. Intentionally. This I'm saying. If I could sing, I'd be saying Wade in the water. Yeah, yeah. Wade in the water, children. God is yeah. gonna trouble yeah, so. the water. Mm-hmm. That is essentially what you say. Yeah. I'm gonna trouble your waters to see what you're made
0: yeah.
1: of. I'm gonna make you real
0: uncomfortable, right? Because mm-hmm. I, what I think personally, what making a person uncomfortable does when I make you uncomfortable, it's gonna lead to introspection, mm-hmm. right? introspection gonna lead to improvement if you handle it right right uncomfortable leads to introspection introspecting leads to improvement if you handle it right because once i'm introspective about myself about the situation about the circumstance if i'm true to what i say i'm true to it's going to lead to a certain level of improvement
1: yes Yes. that's
0: what being uncomfortable does so so ink
1: say it again yep I'm going to make you You're gonna yep, make it gonna make uncomfortable. You
0: uncomfortable. Okay. It's going to lead to introspection. Now, this right.
1: is where I think most people get off the boat. hmm When you say it leads to intros- introspection. hmm Because you naturally, you are, yeah. it, it leads you to introspection. Right. What I think most people do who can't get to the introspection part Mm-hmm they will get mad at the person who's troubling the waters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They will begin to take it personal. They'll think that the person who's making them uncomfortable, they're doing it to just mess with me. hmm Right? Yeah. Not understanding that, okay, I asked for this. Again, I'm going to keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. You asked to get in the process, get in the flow of the river to become better. Right. So in order for you to become better— I got to trouble your waters. Mm -hmm. I got to make you uncomfortable. Now, when I make you uncomfortable or when life makes you uncomfortable or when the universe makes you uncomfortable, right, it's going to come, how do you respond? First, how do you respond in your mind? Mm -hmm. I respond by, like, oh... You, you, you tripping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why you got me doing this? Yeah, you tripping? you yeah. trying to just prove that you better than yeah. me or that you got authority yeah, over you me. I got some uh, against me. Uh, got yeah. against yeah. me. Yeah. All of that. Right. All of those, all of those barriers keeps you from being introspective. Hmm. The moment that you remove those barriers of, no, I asked for this. Yeah. If you can just start and remember that throughout whatever process. Mm-hmm. You getting up, working out. You know what? I'm gonna lose 15 pounds. I'm gonna drop five percent body fat. Blah blah blah. Whatever you're gonna do. It. You you said that's what you said you were gonna do. Absolutely. So then when your trainer or whomever comes and say, "Come on, we got to work out," and you're like, "Nah, I ain't trying. I ain't trying to do that today." And they keep pushing you and they keep troubling your waters. Or even in the midst of the workout, they say, "Nah, I know we said we're gonna do three sets, but we're gonna do 12." Mm-hmm. Right? What? Tw- you know, as opposed to. Okay, we're going to do 12. Yeah. It's hard. It's whatever. So, because you remember, I asked for this. I mm-hmm. asked to lose these 15 pounds. I asked for this 5% body fat to be, you know, to be removed. I asked for it. Yeah. So, because I asked for it, then I don't allow the barriers of taking it personal, thinking that somebody's trying me mm-hmm. to get in the way. Yeah. Now, once I get over that barrier, now, okay. What did I learn? What, did what? Learn? How am I made better through this workout? Yes, sir. Those waters being troubled, right? Me being in an uncomfortable place. What? How did I get better from that? Mm-hmm. Now you get the results of growth. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because you're right, man. It's it's hard sometimes not to take things personally mm-hmm. when it comes to accountability, yep. right? And like we was, and Ink was watching the movie Underdog, right? We was watching it as a family. And um, But he got a lesson from it, right? Because with him, I'm challenging him, trying to do certain things with him, thought process, psychological education, all this different stuff. So we go watch the movie Underdog, Kurt Warner, and um, I was telling you about it. And the coach, when Kurt got there, coach is talking crazy to him. You old, man. Like, go <laughs> hang it up. Like, when you bagging groceries or something, like, right. go bag groceries. Like, you too slow, Right? And the head coach, like, nah, man, you got it. But the QB coach or offensive coordinator, like. Mike Marks. Mike Marks, like, nah, man, Lee. Like, you terrible. What you here for? Kirk, nah, coach, I I think I'm the guy. Mike, like, you not the guy. Lee, I'm telling you, you not the guy. Kirk, like, nah, I think I'm the guy. He coming at him every day, hard, right? And one of the last meetings, when they knew they was about to give him the starting position, Mike Mark's like, nah, let me meet with him first, right? Kurt come to the office. Kurt don't know. Mm-hmm. Kurt ain't got a clue. Kurt want to walk in the office. Mike Mark say something crazy to him off rip, like, man, why you ain't left? Why you ain't, don't you got a family? Go home to your family. Like, why you here? You old. Like, leave. Kurt like, yes, sir. Like He's like, nah, no, no, sir. Leave. You terrible. Yeah. Kurt like, no, sir. I think I'm ready. He's like, man, get out my office, man. Kurt walks out. Mike Marks pick up the phone. He called the head coach. He like, Coach, we got our guy. He ready. Like, he wasn't even shaken by it. Ink was like, oh, he did that, to. I was like, yeah, he was just making sure he battle tested. Mm-hmm. Because what he's about to go through will be so great, he got to make sure his character can handle it. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to go through it. You got to deal with some of these things. He was just making him uncomfortable. So when you in the huddle and you're going against a Ray Lewis and you call an audible and he calls the check that you calling to make sure you ain't rattle, right? He got to make you uncomfortable. But a lot of times when we get uncomfortable, doc, that excuse coming. Yeah. That crutch coming. When we don't accomplish, man, teachers don't like me. Man, damn, all four of them don't like you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I remember telling the cat one time, mom called me, I told this cat. I'm like, bro, like you think. Teachers pick the profession, come to work, do what they do, could have probably been anything in the world. And for they take they taking it personally for you.
1: Right. They gonna fail like You fail think
0: you? they yeah. don't like you? You think when they decided to do it, they said, I'm finna come in here and just try to fail these cats. Yeah. You? Like, nah, man, I don't like me. I said well, maybe you don't like yourself. Maybe no. you don't value yourself enough. You know what now, I'm saying? Now,
1: now you hitting hit on hitting nail on the head, sir. Yeah, hey, like because man. that right there. We we gotta understand that whatever projection that we have of ourselves, people are gonna follow.
0: Mm. Man, that's real. Say that again, man. Whatever gotta,
1: projection you have of yourself, people are going to follow.
0: Cats has gotta pick that up.
1: The love that you give yourself, folks <sighs> can't help but to do it. They can't help but to love you. The peace that you have with yourself, folks can't help but to have peace with you. Mm. Right? You a hellraiser, then guess what you're inviting? Hellraisers. You a negative person, guess who you inviting? Negative people. Mm. I that's why I always I tell you in a minute, and don't don't nobody no none of y'all don't like me. All <laughs> of y'all like me. You know why? Because I like mm. me. Mm. And if you don't, right, you telling yourself a lie. You mm. lying to yourself. Mm. Right, because what you feel about yourself, what you project onto yourself, yeah. people can't because it's an energy.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Mm-hmm. It's an energy. If you go flip that light off, right? Yeah, I flip it off. You can't make that light not go off. Mm. I Meaning, if you cut off the energy, boom, the light goes off. Yeah. You open up the energy wave; it opens up. So all you're all you're doing for yourself when you you interacting with people is you open. You are opening up. That energy source. Yeah. Now you have the power, you have the autonomy, you have the ability, right, to say and 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 offer to the world what that energy source is. Right. It can be negativity, it can be despairing, it can be you know anything that you want, or it can be positivity, it can be enlightenment, it can be upliftment, it can be impactful, whatever. So, however you project upon yourself, whatever it is you project upon yourself, people are going to follow.
0: Talk to me about this. Oh, I love, I love what you just said. Right, whatever you project about yourself, people will follow. Right, so I often think about this, and we finna break it down. LeVar Ball, mm-hmm. he was right.
1: Yes, he was right. He was right. The, he told the, the world, it, you know the issue, what I'm saying? The issue, folks, had with, Le, with LeVar Ball was the, me, the 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 means and the and the the way in which the message was being said.
0: But what if he said that's love?
1: No, I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm right. saying the way. It was like, right. if he just come on and say, you know what, hey, my boys are going to be pretty good. Right. My boys are going to be special.
0: But did he have to say it
1: like that because of what his boys was going to face? Now, we're we talking about two different things. Mm-hmm. I'm saying him saying it being him kind of taking on the 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 backlash, right? right. It being projected at him. None of the boys really had to feel that had to go through it. So it was calculated. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't have did. There's no value I'm placing on it. Right. I'm, I'm saying I'm talking more to the people than to LeVar La- La- Ball, right? Uh-huh. Meaning, why did he have to say it in such a way that he had to get his, your attention so they can be not placed on his boys? Mm-hmm. Because the truth is the truth is the truth. Sometimes you just got to let truth be the truth. Right. If your boys are talented, your boys are talented, your boys, you got a vision, you got a goal, you don't lay out, the plan for your boys, then so be it. It's gonna happen. They got the talent. Okay, they're gonna be in the NBA. They're gonna be superstars. They're gonna be all stars. Mm -hmm. Cool, right? the The only the reason that Levar Ball had the backlash is because the way in which he said it. Right. And I'm not saying he shouldn't have said it that way. Right. Because anybody that's bombastic, right, they always gonna get the backlash first. Mm -hmm. Ali, prime. You know what I'm saying? Ball. they talking loud, talking crazy. May seem talking crazy at first. Then at the end, we we're like, dang, they were saying something." Right. right, Kanye. We we yeah. we got a whole lot of cats who just put it out there. Mm-hmm. And we they get the backlash at first, and then in the end, we're like, "Oh, this cat was a genius." Yeah. Or oh, this cat, they knew something. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. Why are you saying he's the greatest of all time? Because he said he was the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. but if we look at the cats who know boxing, they're like, "Yeah, he he was great. He's one mm-hmm. of the greatest from a boxing standpoint, but from an impactful standpoint, from a from altering people's thought process about themselves, he is the greatest of all mm-hmm. time."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He didn't yeah. say, "I'm the greatest boxer of all time." He said, "I'm the greatest of all time." Yeah, which means you can interject whatever that mm-hmm. may be. Yeah. So, like, I can sit here and say, "I'm the greatest of all time." Yeah. And be factual, actual, and right about it. I'm down. Just like you can say it. Yeah. She could say it. She could say it. He could say it. Yeah. You are the greatest of all time. Right. Now you believe it. You walk on it. And, and you work. And, and you manifest that. Mm-hmm. Because you drawing energy. You attracting the energy. If you attract, if you're saying I'm the greatest of all time, then you're attracting the energy of being the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And that's how folks going to treat you. Yeah you never a victim, bro. Yeah. You're they,
0: never a victim. They, they, the the challenge I had with LeVar, right, is the world attacked him more times than not personally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see a man, like, married, in the house with his boys, mm-hmm. said what he said. You can yeah. feel what he... Like, but his boys is like, <sighs> man, that's pops. Like, pops in the crib with us, raising us, married... Today, mom, you know what I'm saying? Doing what he's doing now, he came out in a way to which it ruffled a lot of feathers. But I was like, "Is it because the world is not used to
1: seeing a black father that way?" That's that's part of it. It's, there's a lot of different, uh, I think, uh, variables that go into play. In that they they were blinded by the loud talk, mm-hmm. the the brashness of it. They were blinded by the genuine and the sincerity, the love. And the thing is, look at the way in the which the boys respond to him. Right. You know, of course, that's dad, that, and he get on my nerves and I get tired of him sometimes, right. just like everybody else. Everybody but else, that's yeah. still my pops. No doubt. That's still my guy.
0: Gonna ride for him.
1: Gonna ride for him because every day he put he's putting his feet on the floor. Absolutely. Every day I seen him put his feet on the floor. So it says more about the person who has whatever judgment. Bingo. Right. It says Bingo. more about the person who has the issue, Bingo. not the person who you got the issue with. Bingo. That so. Projection. <laughs> it's your projection. I, I don't I don't have a problem with LeVar Ball. Do I agree? It's not even do I agree. Right. Would I have done it that way? No, because that's not my personality. No doubt. He's walking in his gift. He's walking in his personality. Mm-hmm. Salute, bro.
0: No doubt. No doubt. For
1: real, not only salute, but I honor. I celebrate. Mm-hmm you walking in and being who you are because again if he was not that bombastic person just period right we w- you would see it yeah it w- it would we would have saw that oh, this is a front mm-hmm. it's just like kids and teachers yeah. They know the teachers who real. They know the teachers who care about them. Yeah. Regardless of if the teacher is fun or the teacher is just a hard ass. Mm-hmm. They know. They can see through all of that and see your heart. And coaches. Right. And corporate. Right. Like, they know. They People see through know. all of that and see your heart.
0: People know. Yep. That's good, up, man. I uh, I got one more, Oak, uh, that I want to talk to before we get ready to land it. Um. When we think about discipline, mm-hmm. right, and discipline not just when it's time to be disciplined, but discipline in relaxed situations, right? How important is discipline when it comes to just the totality of who we're trying to become, mm-hmm. the constant quest and what we're a part of, right?
1: Man, Ink, I think it's I think it's so hard not to be disciplined.
0: Yeah. Mm. Now, talk about it.
1: Your discipline may not be directed in uh, in the direction that's going to land you uh, where you want to go. Okay. Right. Yet, almost everyone, if they if you don't even try, you're going to be disciplined because discipline really is just your routine of what you do day in, day out, moment, 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 and those disciplines. Right. Or being disciplined in what you do and what you do create the habits. And then what when the habits are created, it kind of takes on a life of its own. It becomes on autopilot. Right. That's why I say it doesn't take work to be disciplined. Yeah. It takes work to be disciplined in the thing that you say you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Discipline is always there. Intentionality Mm -hmm. comes with discipline, in the sense of I got to be intentional to do this in order to get that. Yes, sir. So I would I would offer to say I mean I would offer uh, that most people are disciplined. Yeah. It's just sometimes uh, if your discipline is not landing landing you in the places and spaces that you particularly want, right? Then you got to alter your path. You gotta alter the things that you do, but you're going to do them
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a ru- in a routine fashion. Yeah, right. What what a person did yesterday pretty much is gonna be aligned to what they did today, mm-hmm. and pretty much gonna be aligned to what they do tomorrow. Yeah, right. You you know we're creatures of habit. habit. Absolutely. So your creature the creature of habit is discipline. Yeah. So I don't ever want to um, speak to people or speak to especially young Thundercats about. Hey, you got to be disciplined. No, mm-hmm. you got to be intentional. Yeah. Because you're going to be disciplined naturally. Yeah. Breathing mm-hmm. is discipline. Because <laughs> there's something that you're going to do over and over and over and over and over, and <laughs> over again. Right? Yeah. From the, just the basic fundamental, I mean, you know, definition of discipline. Mm-hmm. Yet being intentional. Yeah. So even in those down moments. What am I intentional about? Like in a down moment, I'm going to play Sudoku because mm-hmm. I want my mind to be kind of always moving and thinking and not really stop stopping. But then also in those down moments, there are certain down moments I wanted to just be blank. I will not even turn on the TV. Other down, you know, we just talking about down moments, yeah. but being disciplined in your down moments. I it's it's Saturday morning. I'm gonna put my feet on the floor at five thirty. If it's Wednesday morning, I got to get up and go to work. I'm gonna put my feet on the floor at five thirty. Mm-hmm. That's what we normally associate discipline to be. Right. And so, what happens is, if you do something different on Saturday morning because you don't have anything to do, you ain't got mm-hmm. nowhere to go, then you do on Thursday morning. Then you really fighting yourself. Yeah. I I've gotten to the point now where I say. I work at the Main Street Academy. Mm -hmm. I live where I live, right? I just have a big-ass compound that's about eight miles apart. Yeah. Because work is home. Home is home. Yeah. I go to work. That's when I go do sit in the office. I go work out. I shoot basketball. So if I had enough money, that's what my house would look like. Yeah. I don't differentiate. Yeah. So my discipline, my routine, my structure stays the same. If it's Sunday, or if it's Monday, or if it's Friday, or if it's Saturday, mm-hmm. the closer you can get to that, I promise you, and you'll be so close to peace. Mm-hmm. You'll be so close to peace. Yeah, making that discipline, being intentional about your discipline, about your day-to-day activities, not necessarily wavering, mm-hmm. unless you want them to. Like you making the decision. So then now you making those decisions become the discipline becomes right. your routine. It, you know, it goes, it's like going down a rabbit hole, but again, because if we're searching for peace, mm-hmm. right, you you trying to find your groove. Yeah. And that groove is doing the thing over and over and over again. Not mundane. Right. Your groove. That's what you got to be careful of. Right. Mundane. Right. You don't want to get into the mundane.
0: It's, uh, it's interesting because that's how I approach discipline, right? I do things to be intentional because of what things produce. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I'm trying to be a better husband, I'm going to be intentional about doing a certain thing because it produces me on the quest of being a better husband. If I'm trying to be a better communicator, I'm going to be intentional about the discipline of doing certain things that I know will help me become a better communicator, trying to be a better father. I'm going to put things in place every single day, like quote cards. I do them every single day, every single morning, first stop. If I'm on the road, they in my book bag. Every single day because the discipline and intentionality creates a certain thought. Mm-hmm. It creates dialogue with my wife, send it to her, creates dialogue with my children, send it to them, send it to everybody else. And so being disciplined in my approach and the intentionality about what certain things produce. Right. Because if you just discipline about something, you can get to a point to where it's counterproductive mm-hmm. and you're not growing. Right. You're just a ghost. You ghost walking. You're just doing it. Doing it, not paying attention to it, and then it becomes counterproductive. You're doing it, but you're not growing. Yeah. And so being intentional about it, I think, is key and extremely important. But being intentional about what things produce is most definitely the key. Like Callis say, major key.
1: Yeah. Bro. Just
0: so. Oh, t- talk to me about this, man. Never ruin an apology with an excuse. <laughs> Never ruin an
1: apology with an excuse. Girl, we do this 99.99% of the time. Yeah. Man, hey, ain't my yeah. bad, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't make it uh, yeah. over there. I said I was going to be there at seven. Yeah. Um, but you know. But. In that but. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meaning I'm trying. Yeah. You, you, the, the, because the excuse is rooted in validation, the need for my actions or my inactions to be validated Mm -hmm. it's simply man my bad i apologize i was less than my best because also the projection i'm trying to maneuver or speak my way out of being judged because i'm a judgmental person Mm. yeah man Hey, about my bad yeah yeah is there anything I can do yeah. to to make it better? Then you be like, no. That validation dangerous, man. Yes. That validation yes. dangerous, man. Because if I can just, if I can really just get to a place where, man, I was less than. And to say to you, you know what? I'm, I, I was really less than my best, even more so than I'm saying. Yeah. Because when I said I was going to be there at seven, I had no intentions of being there at seven. Yeah. No doubt. So I lied and I broke my promise. No doubt. Now and out here, I'm tell you how, how we will see. It. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't break my promise because I would. I didn't promise that to myself. Mm. I didn't promise I would be that self. I knew I was lying when I said it. So I really <laughs> just lied. Still
0: got a real problem, <laughs> <laughs> man. real problem. Right. Dog. So
1: we'll come up with all types of excuses, even if we don't even tell the other person. Yeah. Right. Uh, you telling your, you giving yourself an excuse so that you can validate yourself validate to yourself. Validate yourself to yourself. Yeah, yeah. That validation, man. The need for it is, is is serious. But again, the reason that you need it is because you are in this place of judgment at all times. Yeah. So to keep from being judged, you're going to offer up excuses, mm. and that's going to be the very that's the very thing that you do with other people. You judge them. Yeah. Anytime somebody's right. big on something, like I, I'm big on being positive right. I'm personally, right? right? I'm big on being positive So with other people. So then I'm being positive with myself. Right. Like I can't be a, a hypocrite. Okay. I can't be positive with you and then look at myself and be like, man, you ain't shit. Yeah. No. If I'm saying you're great, I got to say I'm great too. Mm-hmm. If I'm, I'm being assuming the positive with you, I got to assume the positive with myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So if I'm judging you in in order to not be a hypocrite, mm-hmm. if I'm judging you, then I'm judging myself. If I judge myself, then I'm judging you. Yeah. Now, I just personally don't care to be in, in the realm, in the room of judgment. Right. Right? But the whole notion mm-hmm. of you offering an apology, bro, and then you got something to say on the <laughs> backside of that. <laughs> You better off just saying, coming up with all of your excuses, da 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 da, da, da and reasons, and then end it with, yeah. but you know what? My bad, man. My, was bad. my bad, no doubt, no doubt. That just has to be the period. That has to be the last thing you say. Yeah, yeah. That's what you got to leave the folk with. Yeah. You got to leave them with the, my bad, I apologize. Yeah. Man, my bad, I apologize. But you know no what? <laughs> You could have kept that, bro. Never
0: ruin an apology with, with an, an excuse, excuse. man. Yeah. You apologize, let the apology be the apology. apology. Keep it pushing, man. Yep. Word to take us out, oh, purpose.
1: Oh, man. What do we say? What do I say about your purpose? purpose? Um. Find your value. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you value whether that's something materialistic whether it's something spiritual whether it's something esoteric it doesn't matter whatever it is that you value in that place when you find that place that you value you're going to discover your purpose yes sir that 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 um i value um relationships mm-hmm. i value uh finding peace yeah right then my purpose is to walk in and and foster meaningful relationships, right? Yes, I value peace. Mm-hmm. Then everything that I do, my purpose for doing the things that I do is to foster peace, yes, right? Purpose is like um, the vehicle mm-hmm. to get to um, the things that you value. Value is the place. Purpose is the vehicle to get there. Yes, sir.
0: I'm picking up what you're putting down, Doc. Yes, sir. Ain't nothing else to put on that. We appreciate your time. Appreciate your ears. Appreciate you tapping in with us. Till next time. Peace. Peace.